listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. So we're at the JD Power Summit. We're in rainy Las Vegas. When was the last time, Andrew, you were in Las Vegas when it rained? It was not on my bingo card, and I was not prepared for that with my packing. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why? You know, coming in from you're coming in from I'm uh, used Florida. to the rain in Florida. Yes. All right, exactly. Yeah. Coming in from Jersey, I said it's supposed to be warmer in Nevada than you know, come flying in from Philly. But anyway, here we are. We're at the JD Power Summit. The uh, the I think. One of the cooler, okay, yes, cooler events at NADA. <laughs> for sure. I mean, sure. I extended my trip for, for this. I mean, NADA really doesn't start until later today, tomorrow. I made the uh, the effort to come out here. I mean, it is a packed house. I'm glad I got my seat early because it's practically standing room only. I know. I, I was creeping in a little bit late, and I'm like, oh, I hope I can get a seat. At, like you said, packed house. Um, so much content around EVs. Would love to get just your quick hot take on EVs, but before I get there, I need to introduce you properly because Andrew DeFeo is a legend. <laughs> uh, in okay. my own mind, in my own mind, and my mother's mind. Okay, yes. no, yeah. he's a legend in the automotive retail space. He's the managing partner of Hyundai of St. Augustine. Bring the listeners a little bit up to speed about how you got into the car business. Sure. Well, I have a PhD. Papa has dealership. Actually, Grandpapa had dealership. Uh, he started the family business in the 50s. And uh, it just, we have gasoline in our blood. Funny thing is, I'm not really a car person. I'm more of a car business person. So when my friends ask me questions about cars, I kind of say, I can tell you where the gas tank is on most vehicles. Yeah. But uh, it's, I'm more, I just love the car business. I mean, we heard just the energy in the room today from dealers like uh, Rita Case, Howard Tannenbaum, just like how important the car industry, whether it's wholesale or retail, is uh, to our communities, our local Local communities, uh, you know, talking about just like our friends go, what we are seen as a trusted resource, and everybody needs a car at some point in their lives. They come to us, but uh, it's it's been great. Uh, I graduated college, didn't want to come right into the family business. Uh, spent five years at Toyota Motor Sales out in California. The absolute like best experience working for one of not just the best car company uh, in the world, but one of the best run companies in the world. Period. Uh, got to work with some really amazing dealers in the Southern California market like Longo Toyota, still the biggest Toyota yes. dealership uh, in the in the world. Um, so, And an opportunity came up in the family business. Uh, I was young enough. I said, you know what? If I'm not good at this or I just don't like it, I hope I didn't burn any bridges at Toyota. I could maybe go back there. But 25 years later, I'm still uh, in the retail business, loving life uh, with Hyundai. Hyundai's been a big part of our family since 1986 back in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, the family does have six Hyundai dealerships now, Connecticut, New Jersey, Florida. And I'm involved in the Florida operations, and I'm really excited, but kind of anxious because we just uh, finished and opened in our brand new Hyundai of St. Augustine store, uh, and almost three times the size of our old facility. It's beautiful. I'll send you the invite for the grand opening if you can make it down. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank That's you. super, super excited. And any chance that I can to 
go to Florida, I will absolutely take. So, of course. heck yes. Well, okay. So, Andrew, you are the perfect person to ask this question to because obviously you're you're Hyundai dealer. Hyundai has some some EV product out there. But again, I, I keep teasing this. Before we get to that part, I would love for you to just your hot take on some of the EV perspectives on some of the presentations that happened at JD Power. Initial thoughts, gut reactions. Sure. So we can take a step back and look at like a 10,000 foot level of a concept called product market fit. So we look at product. Right now, the EV product coming out from all the manufacturers, I mean, it's really cool technology. It's not just a car. It's like cool technology. So the product is there. The problem with the product is the affordability. We heard a lot about that today uh, and how these tax credits come into play. Now, there's an 800-pound gorilla in the room that later this year there is an election. And if one person wins over the other person, there's a chance that those tax credits might change. So what does that look like in the landscape? So we put the product aside. Uh, and back to Hyundai. Hyundai is like, the they are world-class award-winning vehicles. Love the fact, I mean, I wouldn't have spent the money that we did in Hyundai of St. Augustine if we didn't believe in the future of their products. Um, so now we look at the market. So the market is, we've got they talked about the early adopters out of the way. We've got the tech enthusiasts, and we've got the people that want to do something for a, you know, maybe a status symbol or says something about their caring for the environment. So that seems to put us around that like 8% penetration, and we looked at kind of the forecast of 10 and 12%. And one thing that I learned as I got older in a lot of different industries is most forecasts are wrong. Um, so it is very hard to kind of gauge where this is all going to finish out in the next few years. And so the market right now is, its all, I wouldn't say it's a standstill, but it's challenging out there. We heard Mike Stanton today from NADA to say, look, he's got 17,000 constituents. We're not talking about averages. We're talking about like real world scenarios here that it's a challenging market right now for EVs and for some car dealers in general for even ICE vehicles. So then we take the most important part of it is fit of the product market fit equation. Yes. And when we talk about fit, you could have the best EV in the world that gets that three, four, 500 mile range with all the cool technology. And even if it's priced properly when you factor in incentives from the government, from the manufacturer, if the dealer is willing to give a discount on the margins, the fit is where the charging infrastructure comes in, and we just lack that in the United States. I think they threw the number out right now, about 180,000 public charges in the United States. They also threw out the number that 19% of those weren't working. They also threw out the number that actually that's driven by uh, down by Tesla because Tesla is only at 5%. So that means our public charging non-Tesla infrastructure is probably closer to like 25-30% unreliable. And I know we talk about that one-off situation where, yes, I drive to, to home and work you know, most of the time, but then there's that one trip to grandma's house. Well, maybe not my grandmother, but my dad's house you know, that we make a year. That one or two trips is important. That's like, look, I don't have to worry about that right now in my ICE, or more importantly, I don't have to worry about that in my hybrid or my plug-in hybrid, and that's the bridge. So that gets us to what Toyota, again, amazing company and even uh, you know Hyundai's been doing this and General Motors just came out with more investment in plug-in hybrids that that is a great bridge to where we're going to go and we don't know if EV is going to be the final answer to all of this so, right. so perhaps it's hydrogen okay 
let's look back in the 80s. VCR and Beta. Right. Okay, it was right. uh, two two um, scenarios of two products fighting against each other. VCR won out. Well, all along comes DVD. Right. And then it became DVD and Blu-ray. And then DVD and Blu-ray and DVD won. Okay, wow, we're, we're going to be DVDs forever. Netflix was created about sending DVDs in mail. Yep, and, and you know, streaming. And then here we are streaming. So we don't know yes or no, if there's going to be another technology. I mean, Hyundai's building flying cars right now that they right. set their consumer did, electric. Yeah, yeah, I did see that at CES. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's tough for, for manufacturers, for suppliers, for dealers that we have to, and for municipalities, we are making billion, if not totally globally, trillion dollar investments as this push towards EVs. And in five or 10 years, we don't know what if it's actually going to be the technology that wins out or yeah so. no exactly no and and so just scooching on in over here real quick to tell you more about this episode sponsor drive it away they have this really cool evs for everyone program where you can rent to own an ev with no long-term financial commitment no down payment and no large upfront costs so even if you're just a little bit ev curious this is the program for you head on over to driveitaway.com for more details that's driveitaway.com all right let's get back to the show to go back to just to touch back on what we were saying about infrastructure Mm -hmm. because the reason so i reached out to you on twitter or x because i saw your response to something that i thought was so on point and I wanted to talk to you about it and say, hey, let's do an episode about this. So you had said, so, you know, it's no longer about this range anxiety question. It's more about the charger anxiety. And like mm-hmm. you said, that 19% number that they showed here at J.D. Power, like that's significant. So talk about a little bit of what you're hearing from customers, maybe, from that shift from range anxiety to charger anxiety yep. and what customers are saying. So the media, you're in media, is a very powerful force. A year ago, you couldn't find, you had to look really hard to find a negative uh, article, podcast, tweet, anything about, is it a tweet now or is it an X? I I don't don't know. know. I don't even think Elon knows. I don't know what it is. It's a tweet still. (laughs) It's a tweet to me. I think it's cute. But like, you couldn't find a negative, you had to look really hard to find a negative article on EVs. It's gone 180 degrees. And right or wrong, they talked about, you know, the noise out there and the zeitgeist. Well, we're hearing it from actual owners of EVs that it's a frustrating experience. When you and I go up to a gas station, or maybe do you have an EV now? I hope you do. Yeah, <laughs> so, I do. Yeah. I have a Bolt. You yeah. know, so when I, go, yeah. when I go to a gas station and I see a pump that's broken, I say, oh, darn it. I, I just move up to the next one. Or my credit card didn't work on that. I just flip around. But I'm still upset. I can't imagine what it would be like to pull up to a charging station. I don't have any children of my own, but if I had a family, my pets are screaming baby, to pull up to that charging station and that one doesn't work, and then that one doesn't work, and then, oh, that's a two-hour wait because now that everybody's getting on the Tesla supercharger network, it's Yeah, exactly. Good job, Electrify America. Sorry. (laughs) Right? They're not sponsoring this. Sick bird. (laughs) a sick bird. Um, But uh, so, so there's that, you know, and this, again, it's in the 
the news, but it's also like real world. And this is this yeah. isn't everybody that's experiencing this. California, it's a much better experience than it is in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, in Florida, and so globally. The U.S. is way far behind this transition to EV. I mean, you've got countries out there, China, this is, for, they are doing this for national security. It's like we did yeah. over 100 years ago with the with General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. Yeah. They are doing this as a thing of national security. Yeah. Uh, you look at all the countries in Europe that are adopting EVs. We are so far behind in the United States. And you look at the U.S., there are states, California, way far ahead of yep. everybody else. So yep. this is, uh, you know, I'm 48 years old. I don't know if I'm going to see the like how this all shakes out, uh, you know, in my lifetime. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. but it's it's a costly uh, endeavor, especially for small to medium sized businesses like the 17,000 car dealers. They they put that stat up today that the average car dealer owns two dealerships. So that yep. means there's some big dealer groups out there that are owned 40, 50, 60, plus your publics, but there's a lot of us, one, two, three, four rooftops. It is difficult. A, the new dealership, it costs us over well over 500000 for the infrastructure for the EVs, and now we have the EVs on the lot where I'm not saying this is going to be the case forever, but right now, anybody out there wants to buy an EV, you're going to get a really good deal on Hyundai of St. Augustine. Right, so, exactly. You know. so, so that brings me to, that's a perfect segue into just the Hyundai EV lineup is like are are all of them sitting are, is there one that's maybe selling a little better or what what are you seeing on on the front lines so uh let's let's take a step back over a year ago when um right before the inflation reduction act yep. went there was some meetings and it sounded like uh, hyundai was going to be you know taken care of in this the, the, that tax credit because that's an important part of this whole equation yep. well unfortunately the inflation reduction act came out and hyundai kia genesis were not part of that Fast forward, Hyundai's about a year away from opening what they call the Meta Plant in Savannah, Georgia. Really excited. We've heard as low as 300,000 production capacity at the beginning, up to eventually could be close to 500,000 over the next five years, over a $10 billion investment. So our cars will qualify for the tax credit then. In the short term, Hyundai, as our partner, has helped out to uh, craft leasing that does use the uh, incentive. So that's helped a little bit. Education is very important because there are customers that, you know, they hear lease. Forget about hear EV. They hear lease and they say, oh, no, 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 no. Let's, that, that, that's changing. Uh, so I would say, again, state by state, California doing okay. Uh, we are just trying to get through a little bit of a backlog of some old inventory. And then once we kind of get rid of that, we can kind of look at, okay, we'll take some more. Because, again, the Hyundai product itself, I mean, they have the, the list goes on and on. of Every, every month it's like another Award won by the Ionic 6 or the Ionic 5, or now we have Kona EV. Yeah. Uh, Hyundai gets the uh, uh, little jealous of Kia. They've got the EV9 right now, really good looking, attractive EV. We get the Ionic 7 sometime in 2025, so we're excited about that. So, again, there's going to be a bridge, little, you know, 2024, a lot of challenges, and, and one of those is the affordability uh, aspect of it. And yeah. Hyundai's uh, been working with the dealer partners on making it as affordable as possible for our consumers. And I, and I love the fact that you brought up the the lease part of this as well mm -hmm. right and how um, I've made the analogy before about kind of you, most people don't 
buy out their iPhone immediately, yep. right? So it kind of has that like feeling of it, right? Because with the EV, it's more of this connected vehicle, um, supercharged technology computer on wheels yep. type of iPhone on wheels, if you will, right? So you know the technology is changing so fast, and like the Ionic is such a it's such a great example of that because it's like it keeps like upping the game. Mm-hmm. So then. Yeah, at least definitely makes, well, makes a, sense, right? A thousand percent. We tell our, our staff and our, uh, our customers, leasing makes the best choice because technology yeah. is, right. is advancing, like I said, so rapidly uh, that in, in two or three years, it, it's not like, look at Tesla. Probably over the last 10 years, look at the Model 3. It's the same looking car, right. but it's got all this new technology new. that gets constantly updated. Some of it's over yes. the air, and some of it's just through uh, a new a new vehicle. Uh, so again, it's we're, we're shifting away from that old, oh, I'm going to buy a car and have it for 8, 10. I think they said the average age on the road today was 12.5 years. With EVs, uh, it definitely makes more sense to turn it over every two to three years. But on the flip side of that, what are those EVs? look like in the used vehicle market and I know you've yeah, had some folks like right. uh, Jimmy Douglas and yep. John Foley on about their solutions and uh, so it's a you know it, it has re-energized me in, in the automotive space because like this is exciting it's a little like nervous but we're you know it's exciting it's know? absolutely exciting and also too this is such a, a weird question to ask but like talent acquisition has actually been a, a topic on yep. like retaining talent do you think now is like the younger generations are coming up. Um, do you feel that being in the car industry is cool again? Uh, I do. You know, I'm, I'm aligned with a uh, organization, Automotive State of the Union, uh, more than cars. A so do, of course. Right? So it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, you know, and, and there's other uh, initiatives out there like that to just get, you know, people uh, to understand that, the, you know, you can make a great living in a really, really fun business that is extremely important to the United States economy and, and our citizens. Uh, and as, you know, topics come up about more flexible work schedules, some remote work. I don't I think it's a false narrative that younger people aren't excited about, you know, getting their license and getting a car. I think once they hit their mid twenties and you know, a lot of it depends on where they live, like a car is personal freedom and oh. goes a long, long way. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And also too, I think the fact that CES is the new auto show. Yeah is speaks volumes that's a whole other episode andrew you are lovely yep. it was so good to meet you in person yep. i know we were like Likewise. virtually on a panel like randomly before covid so yep. it's, big it's, business but a very small world is what right? i always say exactly yeah. exactly so, so thank you a lot for of fun your, yes yeah. hope we can do it again soon oh we will awesome yes right. thank, thank you, you. Thank you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time, keep charging forward. Word.